If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's go through some numbers. Let's go through some numbers, not very pretty numbers. But I'll kind of start it off by saying what Canadians do want. I don't think anyone should be surprised, but polling I actually released this morning, so it's just all a big dink. Shows 71% of us, the Canadian people, want the federal government to prioritize money on health care. Okay? So that's like a top priority. Now, we already spend $344 billion bucks a year. It's a lot of money. And for those who think, oh, well, we health care is for free, let me just tell you. It's $8,563 for each of us every year. It is not free. And we sure as heck are not getting what we paid for. I, I, there's a lot of politics, a lot of loud voices saying that we need to make one system better, and many others saying we cannot do that. But the system we have now is costing lives, just period. That is just, we cannot deny it. We've gone over on this show in the past, but new research now, and this is data collected by uh, secondstreet.org, and their data is not just collected on a phone saying, hey, are you on a waiting list? They go to each province and they get data from that province on specific areas they want to study to find out where we stand. So they were looking into patients dying on a wait list. And certainly for things like, you know, cancer care and that. Or when you're in imminent trouble and you need, you know, surgery right away. When you look at the numbers in 2022, 2023... Government data is, uh, sorry, for the last year, government data shows at least 17,000 people died on a waiting list. That's a 64% increase since 2018. That's gross. It's gross. And that's incomplete data because it's only what, you you know, this company's been able to get from the government. When you look at how many in Ontario, just Ontario for heart surgeries, 1,000 people have died just waiting to get that surgery. Colin Craig joining us now, president of secondstreet.org. Great to have you here this morning. Well, thank you for having me, Alex. I mean, if you're on a a waiting list, waiting care, most people, I think, assume you're going to get that care. You might just have to wait a little bit. And there's no guarantee. I mean, some of the most alarming stuff is, you know, when you look at the number of people, of of the number I just gave you of the 1,000 people in Ontario dying of that, 244 died just waiting longer than the maximum recommended time. Yeah, that's the tragic thing. Yeah, you go back to 2013, you look every single year, there's patients in Ontario, sadly, that are dying while waiting for heart surgery. And as you just noted, 244 of them died after waiting longer than the maximum recommended wait time. And these are cold, hard numbers, but obviously behind each of these figures are people, men, women, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, et cetera, that are, are sadly passing away because the healthcare system is not there for them. We We actually talked to retired nurse a couple of years ago she contacted us and she told us about her daughter Shannon um, in her I believe her early 40s at the time she had four kids she had a heart problem it was entirely treatable mm-hmm. and uh, the system couldn't get to her in time and sadly she she passed away 
So we know this is happening. Uh, it's stories like that that got us thinking, well, wait a second, governments obviously don't bring these stories to light. So how often are they happening? And that's why we set out to gather this data nationwide and, and try to look at two things. One are cases where people are dying because the government doesn't get them the care they need in time, but also to examine patient suffering because uh, the big picture number you mentioned there, the 17,000 figure, uh, as you noted, that's that's a low bulb figure. It's incomplete because not everyone gave us data, but as it is, uh, a lot of those cases are things like people dying waiting for car- cataract surgery, what? hip operations. You're not going to die from those, but there's often a lot of suffering in, in someone's final years. You know, who wants to spend the final year of their life with cloudy vision or maybe you're stuck in your apartment with chronic pain yeah. because your your hip is too sore and you can't go out and enjoy your life or do anything. Like it's a terrible, terrible way to to live. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's appalling. The government in this country says... Uh, we're going to have a monopoly on healthcare. Uh, your choice is either you wait for us to get you the care you need eventually, or you have to leave the province and go somewhere else and pay for it. It's it's a terrible choice that governments give because they they uh, they ban people from uh, paying for surgery locally. There's all kinds of problems right. with that. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if the government provided top notch care and they had the ban, but they're certainly not doing that, and so they're. Their, their, uh, the responsibility for so much of the suffering lies at the government's hands. And right, and, a, but if we're going to have a public system, we, if we're going to have a public system, you got to put the data out there, and they're not putting it out there. And so you're they giving don't. us the incomplete data. I mean, when you look at, mm-hmm. in Ontario, the current waiting list um, for surgery is 205,400. And diagnostics, so just to get like an MRI or someone to say yes, your head is literally falling off. That's 507, so let's, it's 508,000 people as of August 2023. That's up 49% for surgery. That's up 27% for diagnostics. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, not a small it's, number. It's brutal. You know, there's a couple of things I would stress to your audience. One is don't look at this through a partisan lens uh, because we have seen over the past 30 years governments of all political stripe in this country throwing tons and tons of money at the healthcare system and hoping that it will sort itself out. And obviously it hasn't. Uh, So I I don't look at this as as a partisan issue. I think that the issue more so is that so often the system isn't putting patients at the center. They're not focused on patients. They're focused on bureaucracies and other special interest groups that sometimes do not want to change things. There's so much money in the system. We're not getting good bang for our buck because our universal health care system is not set up the same way that better performing universal health care systems in other countries are set up. Right. So the, the good thing is, is that we can look to a lot of other countries for leadership because they're getting don't. better results. The bad news is, is that, you know, for the most part, we haven't seen governments do that enough. We've seen some positive changes in Ontario. They're, they're looking more at partnering with private clinics. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's like when you and I or all your listeners, when we shop around for things, right? You buy a car. You don't go to the first car dealership and buy the car. You probably look at about four or five dealerships, look online, whatever, uh, and then you make a choice. And so that's what the government's doing in healthcare. They're shopping around to see who can uh, provide services for better cost, who can get services done, et cetera. And so that that is promising. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out in Ontario. But it's certainly worked well in Ontario in the past. It's worked well in other provinces. But we need to see more because that's not the only change that needs to happen in order to reduce patient suffering. Yeah, look, I'm I'm looking at these numbers. And and if you're making a life and death decision, you're making a a different decision because you're not going to risk waiting. Right. You're just not. 
They can't yeah. guarantee you, right? And it's like, I think that you, there's got to be an expectation of our, you know, measure that expectation. Like if, if you're going to tell me it's a six-month wait, it's got to be six months. Or you have to say it's going to be six months, possibly longer. So if you're going to get other treatment, but again, you're paying out of pocket. Well, you know, what they do in Europe is they give patients more choice. They say, look, you can go to another European Union country if you can get in faster and you pay the bill. And then when you get back, we'll reimburse you. Well, that's the BC, the that's what BC there. is doing. It's insanity that they're sending people to the United States and because the premier there is so ideological will not allow, you know, any other system than the system that's broken. Yeah. All right. That's well, the problem yeah. it's, it's uh, there's a bit of a blame for that on Ottawa's hands too, because when you do have private options, Ottawa comes in and they lately they've been imposing bans. So BC and other provinces, you can pay for private MRI scans, mm. uh, and that was happening for a long time. And then Ottawa says we don't like that, so they're cutting back funding to BC to try to right. uh, punish them for giving patients that choice. That choice that BC patients had in that area, that was helping. That was a good thing. We've seen that in Alberta. We've seen it in other provinces. Uh, it was a positive thing, and Ottawa is actually coming in, and they're making waiting lists longer because they're taking away that choice from patients. It is, it is mind-boggling what we do in this country. So many patients are suffering unnecessarily. Some are dying. It is, it is absolutely brutal what we're seeing. Well, the reality is in the numbers, and that's why we follow them. Appreciate your time on this. Thank you for this. I think. It's always appreciate the chat. Thanks, Alex. There you go. That's Colin Craig, who uh, is with secondstreet.org, and they go right to the data for the numbers. And this is incomplete. So those numbers will be worse, right? Another stat, 75% of cancer patients right now who are receiving radiation therapy, in this country, the benchmark is 28 days. And there's a BC man who's got a very treatable, you know, esophageal cancer, it's aggressive, but it's been denied and delayed so long, he's now opted for MAID. So I'm sorry, I, I see no, nothing to celebrate with this.